Well, the title for my message today is Will it be a happy one? Will it be a happy one? You know, we all go through circles of life. We all go through ups and downs, highs and lows. And especially when we come to the end of the year, we fail to understand and we fail to realize that a year, whatever, whatever year we may go through, there's always the good and the bad. There's always the good and the bad. There's always, there's always something to complain about and there's always, there's always something to complain about and there's always a lot to be grateful for. But sadly, towards the end of the year, you know, quite a number of us focus and we say, I hope this year is better than last year. I hope this year would truly be a happy one. And my question to you, to all of us, myself included, will it be a happy one? I mean, you know the answer I'm going to say. It will for sure. If God is with us, it will for sure. But we need to believe it deep down in our heart. You know, often when we say Happy New Year, you know, often we say Happy New Year rather superficially or artificially. You know, many times without any thought at all. But you know, for us Christians, when we are saying Happy New Year, we're actually prophetically speaking into that person's life. For another person, it would be another day of fireworks and fanfare and, you know, making merry and all of those things. But when we say Happy New Year, we're actually declaring and prophetically speaking into that person's life because we're not declaring from our flesh. The Bible says, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And so you're declaring from the one that is in you that this is going to be a happy new year. You know, and for me, I go a step further and I say, may you have a happy and a blessed new year. You know, so some of us, we say it superficially, we say it artificially, but we, we should make it a question. Will 2024 be a happy new year for you and me? Today, I want to give you some words of encouragement for the year that stretches before us. To be true, instability is nothing new. Instability is nothing new for the people of God. In every generation, in every generation, people have, not only people, but in every generation, believers have faced moments when fear threatened to overwhelm faith. Am I speaking to somebody? In every generation, believers have faced moments when fear threatened overwhelmed faith. But God's word to his people always is fear not. Fear not. Look to the person next to you and say, fear not. And the other, be and the other beautiful person you ignore on the other side, if there is someone... Please turn to that person and tell him as well, him or her, you do not fear as well. God's word to his people is always fear not. You know, I remember, I remember reading the phrase, I, I, I remember reading that the phrase fear not is repeated 365 times in the Bible. You know what it tells me? There's once for every day of the year. 
once for every day of the year. No matter what happens in 2024 or in the years to come, God's word to you is the same. Fear not. Fear not. You know, our text, my, you know, my, my scripture today offers some practical help as we move forward. And I'm speaking from Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 13. A lot of people have these on our car, in our home, on our mirror, and a lot of us take it out of context. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to put context into this passage, and I want to share this with you today, believing that it's going to encourage you. You know, and I really believe it's perhaps the greatest statement in the New Testament on the subject of Christian contentment. We need to hear God's message to us in the midst of so much public and private uncertainty. Trust me, you want to, if, if, if you want to, if you want to see or get something negative to talk about, look left or right. Look at the back. But if you want to remain positive, and if you want your words to be words of life, words of life throughout the year of 2024, look up. Look up. Don't look left or right. We'll always have something to complain about. You know? Trust me, I was coming into church today. I'm being very vulnerable, okay? I mean, this is my family. I was, very, I, I was coming to church. We talk about days when things are good. And we talk about those, and, 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 and even if it, we talk about days when things are not good, and even when things are good, we talk about it. I was driving to church today, and I was asking myself, why isn't there any traffic? I'm being very honest with you. I'm being very honest. I'm being vulnerable. You know, we've seen traffic over the last so many uh, Christmas services or New Year services that we've been having. And I was driving over here, and I was like, why isn't there any traffic? You know, and sometimes we need a shift and we're like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. All we need to do is look up. Look up. The Bible says in Philippians 4, verses 10 to 13, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. How I praise the Lord that you, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. You know, I'd like to begin by offering a three-part definition of contentment. Contentment is the belief that I have everything I need at this present moment. It is also the confidence that if I need anything else, God would give it to me. It is also the certainty that when I need anything else, God will give it to me. The first part is the key. True contentment means understanding that at any given moment, I have everything I truly need. I almost certainly don't have everything I want, 
and I probably don't have everything I need. But this part of the definition means that God has so ordered the universe that no matter where you are right now, you have everything you truly need to be content. You have everything you truly need to be content. And I really believe that that's an awesome statement. You know, but I also know it's one thing to say that on a Sunday morning. And it's something else to believe when something bad happens. It's something else to believe when something bad happens. Or when the doctor says, I'm sorry, there's nothing else that we can do. The question is, how do we know this is true? We know it is true because God has said it. We know it because God has said it is true. He has promised to supply all our needs. That's why we can be content at all times. We can know the statement is true because God has said, He has promised to supply all our needs. He has guaranteed that He will feed and clothe us. He has promised to hear our prayers. He has given the Holy Spirit to lead us and the Word of God to guide us. He has redeemed us from our sins, given us new life, placed us in Christ, endowed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, seated us with Christ in heaven, given us abundant life, filled us with His Spirit, placed us in the body of Christ, promised us a way of escape in the moment of temptation, sent His angels to encamp around us, translated us from the realm of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son, sealed us with the Spirit who is the earnest of our salvation, caused us to pass from death to life, justified us while we were still ungodly, called us His children, caused us to be born again by the Spirit, adopted us into His family, sanctified us, promised never to leave us, set our feet on the road to heaven, broke Satan's power, removed the fear of death, and guaranteed our future resurrection. If all that is true, how can we doubt that God will give us what we need when we need it? If all of this is true and so much more, how can we doubt that God will give us what we need when we need it? And if we truly need something, if we truly need something else, He will give us that as well. Which means that if we don't have something we think we need, it's because our Heavenly Father knows best and has chosen not to give it to us right now. If we truly need it later, you will see that we get it later. This applies to every area of your life. Your finances, your job, your health, your marriage, your friendship, your teachers, your parents, your children, every relationship of life, and to all your dreams for the future. You've got everything you need to be content right now. You've got everything you need to be content right now. And if you're not, please don't blame God. Please don't blame God. 
because it's not his fault. It's not his fault. And so I want us to take a look and see how this principle works out in this passage. The first thing that I want to say this afternoon is contentment is not pre-programmed, but be learned, but must be learned over time. Contentment is not pre-programmed, but must be learned over time. Look how clearly Paul states this truth. In verse 11, he declares, I have learned to be content. And in verse 12, he says, I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret of being content. Why? Why did Paul have to learn contentment? Why didn't God just give it to Paul as a gift? Why didn't God, you know, why didn't God just give Paul the gift of contentment? The answer is that God is most glorified. The answer is that God is most glorified when we struggle through the process of being weaned. When we struggle through the process of being weaned or detached from our dependence on the things of the world. And many a time we're so attached to the things of the world that it's hard for us to let go. But in order for you to get from where you are to where God wants you to be, you need to let go and let God. Amen? Many a times you need to let go and let God take over. Let God be God of your life. You know, to be weaned is to have something removed from your life which you thought you couldn't live without. Most of us live on the opposite principle. In our hearts, we think, I would be happy if only I had a new car or a new job or a new dress or I need to get the latest iPhone. If I am not, if I'm not up to date with the 15, my friends will, my friends will mock me. I'll be ridiculed. You don't know. I won't have a face to show in society if I don't have the 15. If I don't have the latest car, if I don't have this, if I don't have that, you don't really know what will happen. And many a times we think that we will only be happy if we get these things. And since life is hardly ever that simple, we stay frustrated when we ought to be happy. Have your kids ever been upset when you don't, have your kids ever been upset when you don't buy them something? It's not your desire not to buy it for them, you know. It's either too expensive or you probably want to get it at the later time. But when your kids wanted like when your kids wanted yesterday, and they don't get it, have you seen your kids being upset? Yeah. Maybe my, maybe only my kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe just my kids. You know, but. Because, because we are frustrated instead of being happy, we're never satisfied. Instead of being weaned from the world or detached from the world, we are wedded, we are wedded to it. Or instead, should I say, welded. We're welded to it. But contentment is not pre-programmed. It must be learned over time. The second thing I want to say is that happiness depends on circumstances. 
Happiness depends on circumstances, but contentment comes from my confidence in God. Contentment comes from my confidence in God. Verse 12 lays it out very clearly. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I know what it is, what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. In case we missed it, he adds this phrase, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. It's easy to assume Paul means being well-fed is good and going hungry is bad. But that's not correct. Poverty and prosperity both have their good causes and both can lead us astray spiritually. If we take the words of Jesus seriously, riches can wreck the soul much quicker than poverty. Riches can wreck the soul much quicker than poverty. We see it in Matthew 19 verses 23 to 26 where he says, It is easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. How many of you saw the movie, this was way back, it's quite an old movie. How many of you saw the movie Cool Runnings? You remember the movie Cool Runnings? Now Cool Runnings is about the first Jamaican bobsled team to go to the Winter Olympics. John Candy plays a former American gold medalist who becomes a coach for the American team. The players grow to like the American coach and affectionately dub him as Sled God. The team, the Jamaican team, calls him Sled God. But later in the story, the coach's dark history comes out. In an Olympics, following his gold medal performance, he broke the rules by weighting the US sled, bringing disgrace on himself and his team. One of the Jamaican bobsledders could not understand why anyone who had already won a gold medal would cheat. Finally, nervously asked the coach, Candy, to explain. And the coach said, I thought I had to win. But I learned something. If you're not happy without a gold medal, you won't be happy with it either. If you're not happy without a gold medal, you won't be happy with it either. Paul knew that riches are not the way to contentment. So he was willing to hold material things with an open hand. He refused to become a slave to wealth. He could walk away from prosperity when service to the Lord demanded it. This afternoon I want to ask, what about you? What about you? Are you killing yourself to get that gold medal? Are you killing yourself to get that gold medal? Let me remind you, if you're not happy without it, you won't be happy with it either. Contentment comes from my confidence in God. Third thing that I want to say, and I've broken it in two, contentment rests on two great the first is that God has ordained every circumstance of my life. I know of no truth, I know of no truth more important than this. 
You know, people ask why the wicked prosper while the righteous often suffer in this world. As a pastor, I constantly face this question in dealing with the seeming inequities of life. You can go through life asking, why did this happen? And you'll end up frustrated and disappointed because in this life, there's rarely a satisfactory answer to that question. We simply don't know why some people live long and prosper while others never seem to catch a break. In the world's terms, they are victims of bad luck. From the standpoint of Holy Scripture, we can only say that God is working out His plan in ways we can't see from our limited vantage points. In verse 12, Paul says, Sorry. In verse 12, Paul says, I've learned the secret of being content. Don't you love secrets? Don't you love secrets? It's always fun when someone says, let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you a secret. But we, knowing how we are, it doesn't remain a secret for more than five minutes. You know, it'd be a miracle if it's 10 minutes. How can I keep this within myself? I need to share it with someone. What is the secret of contentment? I think the answer can be found in two phrases. First, in verse 11, he mentions whatever the circumstances. And then in verse 12, he says, in and every, in, in any and every situation. First, he says in verse 11, whatever the circumstances. And then in verse 12, he says, in any and every situation. Those two phrases would appear to cover all that life has to offer. The secret of contentment lies in understanding that nothing happens by chance, but everything is ordained by the hand of a loving God. Everything is ordained by the hand of a loving God. The second thing is, Let me, let me stay on this for a minute. Everything is ordained by God. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 16.33, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. You may think of certain things that, may ha that might have happened in 2023 if God was in it, if God was even there. I want you to know that God is always there. The Bible says that He is an ever-present help in times of need. And even in those times when you thought that the outcome was not up to your mark, it was not, up, it was not according to what you expected, even at those times, God wanted, you, God wanted to remind you that He still works out all things for your good. He probably protected you from going further into that situation. He probably protected you from receiving whatever you had to receive at that point in time, knowing that that was not the perfect timing. He probably kept you away for your good. But what he wanted to reveal to you in that situation was that he's a good father. He loves you with an everlasting love. 
He will not cause any harm to come to you. And he will work out all things for your good. Contentment rests on two great truths. That God has ordained every circumstance of my life. And that God will give me the strength in every circumstance to do his will. This is the true meaning of Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This verse, as wonderful as it is, has sometimes been misused by well-meaning believers who make it more than Paul intended. Occasionally people say like, you can do whatever you want to do and quote Philippians 4.13. As if it were like some magic formula that could make me a millionaire or give me wings to fly through the air. The phrase, all things, must be defined by its context. The phrase, all things, must be defined by its context. Paul is talking about being content in every circumstance, whether he had plenty or whether he had next to nothing. Verse 13 explains how he managed to live above his circumstances. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's verse 13. It explains how he managed to live above his circumstances. He did only by the power of Jesus Christ dwelling in him. He did it only by the power of Jesus Christ dwelling in him. For him, the secret of contentment was not a stiff upper lip or a positive mental attitude. He was content precisely because he had learned to rely completely on Jesus Christ. This takes more than positive thinking. If you want one word from this one sentence from this message to go into 2024, it's rely on God completely. Rely on God completely. Will 2024 be a happy one? Yes, it will and it can if you rely on God completely. You've got to have Jesus on the inside. Are we, how, are we who believe better than the other people? No. Do we suffer? Yes. What makes the difference? The difference is that we have the power, and the, uh, we have the power of the indwelling Christ who gives us the strength we need. Is it enough? Is Jesus Christ enough for the problems of life? Is his broken body enough? Is his shed blood sufficient? Is his intercession in heaven able to sustain us? Can his power meet the problems of life? Yes, 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 and a thousand times yes. And the saints across the age testify that Jesus Christ is enough. I always say this, if Jesus is all you have, you've got all you need. If Jesus is all you have, you've got all you need. Show me a truly contented person and I'll show you a miracle. In this fallen world, contentment cannot be explained apart from the supernatural power of Jesus Christ. The beauty is that if you're not a content person, if you haven't experienced that miracle, you can. You can. Simply by learning to lean on the Lord. You know, as I bring this message to a close, what will the final hours of this year 
around 10 and a half hours maybe to somewhere around there, 10 and a half hours to come to the end of this year. But what would the final hours of this year mean for you, your family, for your home? No one but God can answer those questions. No one but God can answer those questions. But there's one thing we know. There's one thing we know. That God has given us everything we need for 2024. God has given us everything we need for 2024. Your job, has taken, your job was taken away from you. I have a good news for you. God's going to blow your mind in 2024. God's going to blow your mind. Not literally blow your mind. He's going to surprise you in 2024. That what you thought you had was good. Was God preparing you for the better and the best that's about to come in 2024. Business was not that great for you in 2023. I declare, and pro I declare in the name of Jesus that you're going to see business like you've never seen in 2024. You know, and we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to declare, we're going to declare a couple of things, you know, over 2024, but I want to say this. You thought that you needed a salary increase more than anybody else. You put in a lot of hard work. You needed that increase. Somebody else got it. God is about to surprise you in 2024. Don't look to the people and draw your desire from, draw, draw what you want from them. Lean on God completely. Lean on God completely. God is going to surprise you. An increase in salary, finances that were stuck, promotion, provision, spouse. For those of you who have been single, you've been desiring, you've been waiting to get married, God is going to surprise you. God is going to surprise you. For those of you who have been wanting to have children, God is going to surprise you. I believe that 2024 is going to be the best year thus far. If you thought 2023 went so fast, I've got really good news for you. 2024 is going to be even faster. It's going to be even faster. But we're not going to be running alone. God is going to go ahead of us. His presence is going to surround us. And the Bible says God is our rear guard. He's going to have our back throughout the year 2024. Therefore, we can be content no matter what happens. And we need not fear the future. We need not future. We need not fear the future. Will it be a happy one? Yes. 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 A thousand times yes. It will be a happy one. It will be a happy one. 